0: Lecture Topic Malfuzit of Hazrat Malina Ashraf Ali Thanwai rahim These ashaar were composed by Arif Billah Hazretu Mawlana Muhammad Akhtar Shah Rahmatullah And the title of it is Teredar Par Tera Banda ba De Karamaya. Oh, no. Karam se unke mere samane unka haram کرم سے ان کے میرے ان حرم وقت وقت کرم سے رب کعبہ کے دعایا رد نہیں قسمت ملتزم قسمت ملتزم کرم سے ان کے ان حرم وقت وقت
1: یہاں
0: کا زیعہ زیعہ مظہرِ انوارِ کعبہ ہے اس جو حرم آیا اس حرم کرم سے ان کے میرے سامنے ان کا حرم زندگی کا وقت وقت پر اگرچہ پر خطاہے پر کہا جائے بندہ پر تیرا بندہ امید کرم بندہ امید کرم اگر pul khata hai پر kaha jaye تیرے در پر تیرا بندہ با امید
1: کرم
0: آیا کرم آیا زندگی زبانِ شكر qasir hai lugat mein dam nahi ahta zubane shukr qasir میری امید سے زیادہ نظر ان کا کرم آیا کرم سے ان کے میرے سامنے ان وقت, وقت Karam se un kimere saamane un kaharam maya hamari zindagi ka wakta wakte mutanam maya
1: Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Muhammadun wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa rahmatullahi Just a very brief and general explanation of these ash'ar that we recited. These ashar this is the entire compilation of the ashar of Hazat, And on many instances Hazrat used to explain this, that many of these ashar were all compiled, composed past midnight. Where he was in a well trying to sleep and couldn't fall asleep and he was forced to so to say wake up and take the pen and start writing without any effort. The old form was composed. There wasn't any thinking involved. He didn't try to apply his mind that, well, now this first line, how the second line now was fit in with the first line, etc. And before he knew it, it was all done. And that is how most of these ash'ar were compiled. In other words, this is something which Allah Ta'ala inspired on his heart. So, this is a very... uh, Especially for those... Masha'Allah, already gone for Hajj at the So This probably was composed, in fact, what is written here is that this was composed on the 2nd of Ramadan, al Mubarak, 1414, and inside the Kaaba Sharif.
2: There's
1: just a few couplets here. As it says, he said, with the grace of Allah Ta'ala, the haram has come in front, I'm now witnessing with my own eyes, the haram sharif. This is indeed the most valuable moment of my life that has come. And then, further says that, Karam se kaaba ke dua ya hoti. that with the Fazal of Allah Ta'ala and the Fazal of the Rabb of the Kaaba Sharif, the du'as here are not rejected. The person that makes du'a to Allah Ta'ala in this Mubarak place, these du'as are accepted and this is the great fortune that Allah has blessed me with that now I am right in front of the Multazam and this is a place where du'as are very very greatly accepted then the couplet which is very very uh deep and especially related to us to give us hope it says Agar che pur khata hai par kaha jaye tera banda tere dar par tera banda They say, though ya Allah I am filled with sin, but where else can your servant go? Though filled with every weakness, every sin, but there is no other place to go to. Your servant has come to you, has come to your door with full hope in your grace. And this is what this insan is all about, his iman between hope and fear. Neither must there be too much of hope where a person becomes bold. Then he keeps taking everything on hope. That makes a person bold in sinning. So he must have hope, but that hope must be balanced with fear. A person has too much fear, he becomes overcome by that fear. He then can't do anything out of fear. That fear is necessary, and likewise hope is necessary. So this mean, his life is, his Iman is between this hope and fear. So this is what is being expressed here. And this is that hope we have been given. That one is a person, Allah has blessed to go to the Kaaba Sharif. Allah grace, while the special grace shows down at the Kaaba Sharif at every moment. But a person, any part of the world, in sincerity... He puts his head at the door of Allah Ta'ala. In other words, puts his head in Sajda. Puts his head in Sajda, He's put his head at the door of Allah Ta'ala. And in sincerity raises his hands to beg Allah Ta'ala's mercy and grace. Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy is all encompassing. But it requires this taking these steps from our side to get to Allah Ta'ala. The person who takes the step Makes a little effort, Allah then opens the door for him. So, the issue is, as discussed earlier, that there should not be the procrastination. Later, that later doesn't come. Now is the time that a person makes a determined effort to acquire what has to be acquired in terms of all the noble qualities and to make that effort to Remove from our lives those things that should be removed. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we also get back to Allah Ta'ala. Bismillahir Rahmanir rahim Continuing with these Malfuzad, the statements and sayings of Hazrat Mawlana Shifa Alifani Rahmatul Ali, which we had commenced after Asr. There's a Malfuz here which is titled Fuzul Kaam Gunah Tak hai. As explained earlier, these malfuzat are of a very very great personality who was Mujaddi the Millat, Hakimul ummat and who Allah Ta'ala had used in such a way that he became the means of great work taking place. He authored more than a thousand kitabs. Apart from all the other work that he did, to author one small little booklet takes so much of time and effort and so much of Uh, mental strain in it, over a thousand, big and small, various sizes, some are in very several volumes, some are small booklets, all put together over a thousand. And apart from that, whatever other work he did, and who was a unanimously accepted personality, among all the ulama and mashayikh of the time. So these are his statements which have been a source of inspiration for thousands of people and he has encapsulated all the lessons of deen in this little malfuzat. so inshallah if we take this to heart it will become a light for us and light up our path as well so this malfuz is titled fuzul kam Gunatak tak hai. It's that some fuzul fuzul refers to things in essence which are not haram but are futile. So futile things, says, becomes the stepping stone towards guna and sin. For Maya, के मैं बक्सम कहता हूँ कि अगर कोई शख्स अपने फुजूल कामों में घोर करे तो उसको मालूम होगा कि लहू और फुजूल कामों से जरूर बतारे इफ़्दा गया. So he's saying that I can take a कसम. I'm taking a कसम and saying a person who is of this. He won't take a Qasam without really being sure about what he's saying. So, that basirat and insight Allah blessed him with to emphasize this on us. He's saying, I'm taking a Qasam and saying that if any person he ponders deeply over those futile aspects that he gets involved in, whatever futile things that a person gets involved in, I'm taking a Qasam and saying that if he carefully, he looks deeply into it, he'll find that those futile aspects have definitely, on some occasion or the other definitely, have taken him to some or the other. It has become the stepping stone to some son. Now, other than gives one example, something that occurred with him. That once one person came and he started asking some questions. But the question pertained to something about Hazard's personal self. That, uh, whether he would be doing something in particular, but this was a personal matter. said, look, asking this question wasn't a sin. Asking this question was valid. I mean, uh, permissible. But I felt very disturbed and uncomfortable about it. Then why is this person prying into my personal matter? Now, that question itself, there wasn't anything vulgar in it. There wasn't anything haram in it, there wasn't anything impermissible in that question itself. It was a futile thing because there was no need for this person, it didn't concern him in any way. But now what happened is, by asking that question, he caused the cleave to the next person because it was now prying into his personal matter. Now that is is ul-Muslim, that is causing the cleave and hurt to a mu'min, which is haram. That unduly, to cause any hurt to a believer is wrong, is haram, is a sin. Now this started off on fuzul, it started off on something that was a futile thing, in itself not haram, but futile. But that became a stepping stone to committing a sin because now it caused the cliff to the next person. Many a person, for example, is addicted to news. So now somebody says that reading news is, you know, I got to read the news. So, reading the news itself, there is nothing sinful about the news. Something happened here, something happened there, whatever. In itself, there is not a sin. But it is very greatly futile. To a very large extent, it is futile. Because after the whole news the person read, it did not benefit him, obviously in his deen anyway, by and large. Didn't benefit him in his any anyway. One is now something he heard something, some news about, something that happened to the Muslim somewhere in some part of the world. That too, unfortunately, because of the preoccupation with all kinds of news of this nature, sometimes we hear about the worst atrocities that have been inflicted upon our Muslim brothers and sisters, and we just read it like a news item, nothing happens. It doesn't even move a person at that time, to just make one dua from his heart for them too. Let alone taking the time to make two rakats nafil of Salatul hajah, make some dua, give some sadaqah on their behalf. If some collection is being taking place or something, somewhere he's passing by or there's some program in the masjid, he might take part in it, maybe he'll give some money too. But in a way where that he did something without being prompted by somebody else in that manner, he heard about it, he read about it, but we become so engrossed in all this all the time, it becomes like another news item. That at that time what he could do, he could make dua for them. That doesn't cross his mind also. He could take a little bit more time, make turaqas nafil. He could take some time to give some sadaqah on their behalf. Nobody would even know about it. In the hadith sharif it comes, a sadaqah tu ghadab sadaqa extinguishes the anger of Allah. Ta'ala. Now that Ghosuf Allah Ta'ala has been, is a result of our sins, the result of the sins of the ummah. But Sadaqah has such an effect, Allah Ta'ala is free of emotions. What it means is it refers to the end result, that this protects from azab. So now on, one is giving Sadaqah on our behalf, he gives some Sadaqah on behalf of the afflicted people on whichever part of the world they are. Allah, this is Sadaqah on behalf of the people of Palestine. Sadhaka on behalf of the people in India that are now being afflicted by floods. Sadhaka on behalf of the people in various countries in Africa that are suffering. He could do that. It doesn't have to be hundred, thousand rands. He doesn't have thousand rands. He had hundred rands. He didn't have hundred rands. He had ten rands. He could have given one rand. But we read it like a new item and carry on like nothing happened. And at the most there will be some analysis. And we will have also some theories about why this happened and who's behind it. And what is the agenda of somebody behind it. And that's it. That's where he finishes off. Nothing beyond that. Even after all that analysis, we won't make some dua from our heart. Now, to start off with, unfortunately, by and large, one is now if the person read that news, which now shook him into action, made him do something, okay, fine, that news was beneficial for him. Unfortunately, even that news has stopped becoming beneficial for us because of our preoccupation rather than news. We read that also just like something, just one other thing happened somewhere. And this is another topic on its own, but many times children become so accustomed with those games of theirs, they hear about the atrocities as long as it's not somebody they know, not somebody they're familiar with. Something happened somewhere in the world, 1,000 people became shaheen. They think it's also part of that game that they play. And they're shooting somebody, somebody getting killed, somebody else got killed also part of the game. That whole sensitivity to the Ummah has become like extinguished. Whereas in the Hadith Sharif it comes that al-mu'minun Almu minunakasadin Wahid. The believers are like one body. If the eye pains, the whole body pains. If the head pains, the whole body pains. Today the whole body is paining, but we are not feeling the pain. So in any case, the point here was, we were talking about this fuzul, or the person is addicted to the news. So one is that, by and large, that news is futile. And of no real benefit, after he read it, it didn't improve his iman in any way, definitely. It didn't improve him materially in any way. He didn't get one cent also. It didn't make him feel emotionally better in any way. Most of the time, it's depressing news. Even if it's not really of anything, hearing know some murder took place here and something happened there and some other thing there. So most of the time something depressing. So it's not going to even make him feel a little bit refreshed. And most of the time it is tied up with some propaganda also. Very often the news is this propaganda involved in it. So all that is obviously of no benefit to him. And then it is all just much of it is just gossip. A good part of the news is gossip, which is a very, very sort of uh, like a euphemism they have. Euphemisms, they just soften the whole effect. They won't call it abortion anymore. They say just termination of pregnancy. Yeah, just termination. Like, you terminated something else, terminated this person's employment, terminated something, termination of pregnancy, something. They just give it a kind of word which takes the the severity out of it. So like that, this gossip is nothing but a ghibad. that ghibad which in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala say, gives the example akin to eating the flesh of one's dead brother. So now a good part of that news is nothing but a ghibad. So now one was the futile part, now how often this became the haram part? Now that started on fuzul, but how often that fuzul became haram because it's And then, finding there was no rebirth involved, or whatever the case is, how many a person can truly within himself say, that by the time I started from the beginning of that news to the end of that news, I didn't commit any sin. I didn't, by chance, glance at something else that was haram, that was whatever. I didn't conjure some kind of evil in my mind. How often can this be said? So now that news in itself, news, ask somebody news, anything wrong with news, this was wrong with news? One person was quite a jovial person, and he used to attend some kind of gathering somewhere, which were not in order, not in keeping with deen, uh, all kinds of haram things happening there. But that gathering would always be, the, the, the invitation would be to a meal. The invitation was to a meal, and by and large, that meal would be doll and rice. That was a standard thing. But there were a whole lot of things happening there which were wrong so now any case time passed he saw the light so he came out of it also but then he would keep once in a while having a go at his friends. he says he, he all made dolin rice haram also inviting me to Dal and rice i was going for dolin rice already did haram now i can't go anymore it's not the dolin rice that's haram the dolin rice was fine but what was accompanying the dolin rice that was just the, the pretext of the invitation. But everything else that was going along with it. So the news itself is like the doll and rice now. Somebody says doll and rice became haram from yesterday, you know, from today. Which, which hadith it came now? Doll and rice is haram. My grandfather, great grandfather, everybody ate doll and rice and went to the, out of the dunya and now suddenly it's haram for me. No, no, nobody said doll and rice is haram. News is not haram in itself. News is news. But by the time the person finished, go through that news, what else happened? By the time that news finished, Allah forbid his eyes have been already soiled in haram. His heart got soiled in haram in so many other ways. This is that what Hazrat is saying, I am taking a qasam and saying this. Now, a person of this caliber and he is taking the qasam, then it means we need to take this very seriously. That we want that progress in our Islam, as we read earlier, that the Bottom line is that Islam And Islah primarily is the rectification. Getting rid of all the wrongs within us. Like that Hakimi treatment. The first thing is the laxative. To get rid of all the toxins. Get rid of all the harmful substances. So, likewise, this Islah primarily is to get rid of all the vices, the sins, the evil qualities. The things that become a barrier towards our in our path of progress to Ta'ala. And with this, the a'mal that will be done, the tasbihah, the person will decide, the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, then this will take him at a high speed ahead. But without Islam, and he'll keep doing this, he'll still be going around the same circle. Going around the same block. So, likewise, this is this very important aspect, that a person wants to progress, he's going to have to cut out this fuzur. This kind of fuzul, which becomes a stepping stone to haram, and many a times there's fuzul talk, there's fuzul looking. Sometimes something that a person is looking at is in itself not haram. Now, for example, a person sees somebody's car, so now he's looking at it, he's admiring it. What's wrong with that? But now two things can happen. One of two things can happen. On his, Mashallah, he saw what a beautiful car somebody got, and some dua came out of his heart. Alhamdulillah, very good. He gave the person dua. Allah Taala give him barkat Allah Taala looked, protected for him. So Mashallah, that became a good for him also. That he became a well-wisher for his fellow Muslim. But Allah forbid. In looking at that car, suddenly now some jealousy crept in. Now looking at that car itself wasn't a problem, but now the jealousy that crept in what is that that is a severe sin so that fuzul became the stepping stone to haram so, abdullah bin mubarak very very great muhaddith great mujahid great faqih very very great personality and open the books of hadith bukhari sharif muslim sharif you'll find Numerous narrations that where he is in the chain of narration. All these muhaddisin look at him with great regard and honor. Imam Bukhari, one of his statements is, if people only could take what Imam Abdullah bin Mubarak gave, that would be sufficient for them. So his one statement is, there's many things he's mentioned, but among the things, one of the things that comes to mind now, he mentioned, اتقي al nazar." many a times this is the common complaint that this khushu is not there. Khushu in our salah, khushu in tilawat. that mind and heart is not there, the concentration is not there the person is starting his salah He doesn't know where he is mind is gone somewhere else his zikr, tilawat. it's just not, the heart is just not in it a person of this caliber is saying what is he saying? that to Ittaqi fudool al-kalam, لِلْحِكْمَةِ lil hikmah. That refrain from fudul al-kalam. Futile talk, all the time. One so is now, he's talking, there's some, something in it, of some benefit of some sort. Sometimes it might be light-hearted, but the maqsad is that this will just cheer everybody up a little bit, make a person feel refreshed, he'll get with, back to his work with more vigor, more energy. Nabi Salaam also used sometimes, have some light-hearted moments with the Sahaba. So he made that niyat as well. Like the salt in the food. So, but now that just, there has to be some kind of, just something a person is talking, futile talk, all kinds of talk, which has no bearing, it, no benefit of all, neither deeni benefit, nor any dunya benefit, nothing to, no benefit to take in any way, nothing to learn out of it, no lesson to take, no benefit of any sort. Now that futile talk, goes on and on. He says, just leave out this kind of futile talk. It will open out the springs of shikmah and wisdom in your heart. Tawafak lil hikma. Many a times when our Kabir sit and speak or we read the kitabs and so on and see what they, what they spoke, one gets completely amazed that where did this come from? This is that hikmah that Allah Ta'ala opens out in their hearts. This is not something you'll find in kitab. But where that hikmah came from, what opened out that wisdom? Among the many things was these kind of things, which we take for granted. But you'll find that even the joking, there was some 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 lesson in it for it. That that joking also had some kind of it gave some point for a person to think about in some way. Something to do some good for him. So in any case, what we are coming to is, the first, one of the things he mentioned was this. Give up this fuzul kalam, the fountains of hikmah will spring forth from your heart. And, it taqee fuzul nazar nadhar lil that give up this fuzul nazar, this futile looking. Looking at things which are going to be of no benefit. One is a person has to read something which he needs to read, obviously, what he's going to benefit his deen, the laws of the Quran Sharif, that must happen without fail. He's reading some dhini kitab, excellent, from authentic source, obviously, whatever. Then he has to read something for his daily, day-to-day work, something to do with his business, something to do with whatever else is going to be of need for him. Something that's going to benefit him in his dunya, by all means. But he's looking at here and there, looking at anything and everything, reading anything and everything, just for the sake of reading something, that is at Fuzulun Nazar. And as a result of this Fuzulun Nazar, the Khushu gets completely destroyed. a person stops this Fuzulun Nazar, this futile looking around. Many of the Akabir, this was the Mamul, that suddenly the Geist Pharisees took the example of a Khano, many things, a house, whatever else. So if Allah Ta'ala is blessed with that na'mat, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala give more barakat, Allah Ta'ala protect it, make it a means of khair. But they would look after their hearts by immediately reciting, Allahumma la aisha illa aisha akhirah." Fakhfiril ansara, this is now, was from the couplet which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam recited on that occasion, where Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came out, it was a time when the Sahaba were digging the trench in severe cold, and With extreme hunger tying stones to their bellies and in the peak winter Munawara in winter gets very cold and they didn't have any things to really keep themselves warm and in that difficulty they are now digging this trench which is a very difficult task we saw some sees this difficulty the sahaba undergoing and he gives them a message and a lesson Allahumma la aisha illa aishul akhira ya Allah the real life The life of akhirat. Neither is the pain of dunya really a real pain. And nor is the comfort and luxury of dunya really comfort and luxury. Allah forbid pain. If a person falls into the pain of akhirat. Then there is nothing compared to that. The worst in this world can't compare to the least of the akhirat. And if a person had all the difficulty of dunya. But he got the comfort of akhirat. And all this pales into total insignificance. None of it will matter at all to him. Because that one little dip in Jannah will make him forget everything. So this was the message, that this is a little discomfort, this is some sacrifice, but don't worry, Jannah is ahead. And then makes dua for them, Ansara wal Ya Allah, forgive the muhajiri and forgive the ansar. They immediately responded, Nahanuladina الَّذِينَ بَايَعُوا we have taken pledge on the hand of Muhammad Our lives are for his deen, for Allah ta'ala, as long as we are living. we will sacrifice our last drop of blood for Allah. Ta'ala. So, this is the point that we were talking about that this fuzul nazar. So these people when they would, something, they gaze fall on it immediately they would Take care of that. What effect could come through it? That maybe my heart gets caught up in this. I must remind myself, Allahumma la aisha illa Allah, the real life is the life of akhirat. Whoever you bless this with, Allah give them barakah in it. But the real life is akhirat. My heart mustn't get stuck in this. Allah attach my heart to akhirat. So this fuzulun nadar, this futile looking around, they would guard their gazes from that as well. Rasulullah sallallahu it is mentioned regarding him that jullu nazarihi attabas al-mulahaza that Nabi sallallahu would look at unless there was something to look at that too he would just take a glance from the corner of his eye just to be for example now a person is walking somewhere just to make sure he's safe or whatever just from the corner of the eye not even a complete look or just somebody is probably coming or going or whatever or something needs to be taken note of just from the corner of his eye, many a very, very brief glance. If it was not something to look at, he didn't look at it after that. And when he would walk, then his gaze would be to the ground. Half is at His gaze would be to the ground. So now whatever is passing, whatever is on the side, who's going, who's coming, nothing affected him, nothing distracted him this is that fudul that the fudul in itself often is not haram its fudul is not haram in itself but by and large that fudul becomes the stepping stone to haram and most of the things that are fudul they are on the border of haram the borders meet like countries now this is south africa that is zimbabwe but the borders meet there's a common border so, halal and haram also. Fuzul and haram. Fuzul and haram the borders meet. A person sometimes may just remain within the border but he's right there. He could very easily just jump over the fence and fall in the other end. we we'll finish off on this last malfooz. Barabar dua mangte raho. It says, machaye." The title was that keep making dua. Never tire of making dua. And then as the father says, that the condition for gaining Allah Allah's favors, the condition for that, the precondition for it is, that the person doesn't become hasty. That's the precondition. That the person doesn't become hasty. Just keep begging Allah. Ta'ala. That this relationship with Allah Ta'ala is not for one day, one month. Our whole life we have to build this relationship up. So therefore, Whether you see something happening in your favor or not, you don't leave your total humility in front of Allah. ताला. Don't abandon that. Making yourself completely humble in front of Him, you continue with that. may In that what we regard as a delay in what we are asking for. We want something and we are begging for it and begging for it and asking for it. And we don't see it happening. But in that what is we are regarding as a delay. We are seeing it as a delay now on something and it is not coming. But there are great maslihats and great uh, wisdoms in that. Great benefits for us in that. We might not be able to understand it. But there is always some good for us in it. Raha ye Sawal ke piru o kya hai, to aapko i parliament ke member nahi ke aapko maslihate now somebody might ask, but then I need to know what's the hikmat what's the wisdom in all this. Just to make us understand in our language, that says, you're not a member of Allah's parliament that he has to explain to you.
2: You're
1: not a member of Allah's parliament. Allah Ta'ala doesn't have any parliament with any members either. It's just a way of expressing it to make us understand that we are in no way, Allah Ta'ala doesn't have any need to answer to us that. Allah Ta'ala is the supreme and the absolute benefactor. Allah Ta'ala is the giver. He is the creator. He is the nourisher. He is the sustainer. And He is the sole uh, creator. We are His total slaves. Now, Where did we come into the picture to now wanting to know the explanations? and demanding what is the reasonings behind things so if a person is not the member of a parliament he's got no no uh, right to now go and question the government but why or all did this that is the members of parliament will do allah doesn't have any parliament either so that was just to make us understand in our language when a person makes dua makes dua and then after a while he doesn't see what he is asking for coming so he decides to leave out the dua and he sees this is even more dangerous and more la forbid, more likely to draw down the wrath of allah tala the person was asking and now he gave up asking kyunke pehle to ye log samajhte the ke hamari kohtahi ab is taraf ki ab us taraf ki yani haq tala ki janib se kohtahi ka First time a person was making du'a, then he was thinking within himself that this is my problem, my sin, my deficiency due to which this has happened to me or due to which this is not yet coming to me. I carried on making du'a one day, one month, maybe one year. Now he stops making du'a as if to say, I've done my job now. Now now's Allah's fault, he's not giving me. So now I stop asking because I've done my duty. Now it was supposed to be having being done for me. Now it's not coming through. So nauzubillah, though he won't say it in these words, it is as if he's attributing the deficiency now on Allah Taala's side. So that should never be the case. It's obvious this is a very dangerous situation that a person does this. Because this is now nauzubillah. So to say, pointing fingers towards Allah ta'ala, which is totally against every aspect of servitude. A slave, he never points fingers towards his master. Therefore, a person should keep begging Allah ta'ala. Whether, according to what we understand, Acceptance to be, whereas that is not the only thing that means. Uh, the acceptance is all about. But I am saying what we understand acceptance to be, whether we see that happening or not. We must continue with our duty. Our duty is to keep begging. Whereas that is not the only way in which the du'a gets acceptance. In one hadith, it is mentioned that on the day of Ta'ammah, a person, when he will see the reward of those du'a's which he asked for. But did not get answered in dunya. Rather, they were stored for him in akhirat. At that time, he will wish that not one of his du'as were answered in dunya. Everything was stored for him in akhirat. So, Allah Ta'ala accepts the du'a in various ways. Sometimes, whatever He asked for, that is what is granted. Sometimes, what He asked for is not granted, something else is granted in place of it. Sometimes, He asked for something, but in place of that, some calamity is averted. And sometimes it's taught for him in Akhirat. In any case, he must continue doing what he has to do. Keep begging Allah. Because for a slave, this is what befits him. That he forever expresses his utmost humility in front of his master. And dua is this expression of total humility. That a person, he is begging Allah. This is something to be continuing with all the time. Never to tire from making du'a. Allah Ta'ala give us the taufiq. That we turn entirely to Allah Ta'ala. And make du'a for our isla as well. Make du'a for our rectification from all our weaknesses. And to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. For ourselves, for our families, for our friends. For the entire ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala give us the taufiq. Wa akhir Inshallah <laughs> make short zikr and then dua. bin
2: لا إله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه
1: وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم بِسْمِ اللهِ عَنَّا نَبِيُّنَا مُحَمَّدًا صَلَّى اللهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ بِمَا
2: هُوَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللهُ لَا إِلَهَ لَا إِلَهَ لَا إِلَهَ لَا in the law, la ha, in the la ha, Illallah, the la ha, in the la ha, Illallah, the la ha, in la 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 Inna Allah la ilaha illa Allah Allah la ilaha illa Allah Allah la ilaha illa Allah Allah لا ilaha إلا الله نايناها إلا الله نايناها إلا الله نايناها إن الله محمد الرسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله الله جل جلاله and law, 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 and and law, and 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 law, and law, and law, and and law, 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 and 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 law, and law, and law, and law, and law صلى الله تبارك وتعالى
1: عليه وسلم اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثنان عليك أنت كما أثنت على نفسك جزال الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله. يا ربي صلي وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا غلبنا أنفسنا ولبنا أنفسنا ولمنا أنفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكنن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم وعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت الاعز الاكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصادحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان <IS> Allah Humana, Allah, oh most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah Allah, Humana, Allah forgive us Ya Allah Ya Allah forgive all our major and minor sins Ya Allah Forgive all the wrongs we have committed deliberately, mistakenly Ya Allah Ya Allah forgive our families Ya Allah Forgive our friends and relatives Ya Allah Forgive the entire ummat of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi sallam. Ya Allah, shower your rahmat on the Ummat, ya Allah. shower your makhfirat on the Ummat, ya Allah. Remove the pain and hardship of the Ummat, ya Allah. Remove the suffering of the Ummat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, we acknowledge all this is due to our sins, Ya Allah. Forgive us and forgive the entire Ummat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us and the entire Ummat the tawfiq of those a'mals and bring down your rahmat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us and the entire Ummat from such amal and bring down Asabi Allah. In Allah. Ya Allah, you remove the hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Allah, grant afiyat in our deen, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat in our dunya, Ya Allah. Bilal alamin. Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on deen, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on iman and amal, Ya Allah. Save us from all the vices and sins, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts from all the evils, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, our hearts are filled with every fault, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, from head to toe we are covered in fault, Ya Allah. Our hands that we've raised in front of you are filthy, Allah. Allah, our tears are flowing with filthy, Allah.